Assalamu alaikum. Guys, it's been a while. Um, if you remember back to episode 19, we had on Farouk talking about all things Audax. Um, if you're interested in the long distance scene, then certainly give it a listen. Um, anyway, uh, he completed you, what you could say the pinnacle of the Audax scene here in the UK of rides, uh, completing the London, Edinburgh, London, an incredible uh, feat, an incredible journey. And actually, we've been very fortunate that he's written up his blog and shared it with us on the GAPT website. So if you head over to www.gapt.co.uk, you can have a listen. I would recommend having a cuppa with it. Um, it's quite the read. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, you, uh, The way he writes is like you actually feel like you're there. And uh, it gives us an insight to a world that most of us are very new to or haven't even been part of. Uh, so yeah, definitely head over and give that a listen or give that a read rather. So Alhamdulillah, we've got the podcast up and running. And part of the bigger project and bigger picture here is that we want to inspire the community, share achievements and expertise from the community. And obviously, hopefully, ultimately, we want to grow. And one of the ways of doing this is developing our literary skills. So if you fancy improving yours, writing about something you love, like cycling, then do get in touch. We'd love to host what you produce. And like Farouk, it could be a diary of a ride or a trip or etc. Or it could be tips and tricks that you've learned from your time getting into cycling and whatnot. Or perhaps it can be how-tos as well. And uh, if you're super keen and you don't have ideas just yet, still get in touch and we can discuss. Um, look forward to hearing from you. So now over to our uh, main episode, which is with Sana and Irfan Zaman, who are both siblings and they are effectively elite racers here in the UK. Um, they are, from my understanding, the highest ranked Muslim riders currently for the road uh, in the UK as well. Um, they are not far off effectively making it professional uh, if they choose to. And uh, what I mean by that is... Well, you'll have to listen to, point the, to the pod to find out what, what exactly I mean. Um, but just for context, if you're getting into racing, uh, road racing, then you effectively start, start at Cat 4, Category 4. Uh, everyone starts there, whether you're great or you're not so great. Uh, you have to buy a license, which is about 80 quid from British Cycling. And basically, you, you can only enter Cat 4 races. Um, so uh, once you get enough points... Uh, you move up a category to Cat 3, so you'd need, if I remember correctly, 13 points. Um, a win gives you 10, a second place gives you 8, a third gives you 7, etc, etc. So once you get enough points, you can then uh, continue to Cat 3. Um, and again, you need points in order to get to Cat 2, uh, this time it being 40, so a lot more racing uh, needed. Um, obviously, the level gets higher as well. And then once you reach Cat 2, which both of these uh, amazing racers have, then you can effectively um, race at the top level here in the UK. You can race regional, national races. Um, but some races, of course, uh, require an, an invite from a team. So what they've just recently done is joined um, professional, well, set, you could say professional slash semi-pro teams, uh, whereby they get invites to some of the biggest races here in the UK. Uh, but enough uh, from me, over to them. Assalamu alaikum, welcome to the Gapped Podcast. Sana Irfan, how are you guys doing? I'm good. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, we're doing really well, thank you. No, thanks for coming on. Uh, Long trip getting here? Well, I think she had a bit of an easier Yeah, I took the train, he cycled. I cycled in. I was quite busy, I think, with the, I think the Queen's funeral means a lot of central London's being closed off. Yeah, yeah. So all all the traffic was going the same way. So, um, yeah, glad you guys could make it and um, we're going to have an incredible pod, I hope. so we'll start with you, Senna. You've just come back from Ireland. Um, your first trip abroad, I believe, your first race abroad, yeah. stage race. Yeah. Uh, what was that like and what was it? Um, it was, so it was the Rasnavan and um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, yeah, I had such a good time. It was first time doing six stages. I'd done, I've done stage races before, but only up to, I think, four yeah. stages. So this was five days, six stages. A lot of distance <laughs> um yeah and no, i had a good time i think every stage was really interesting because it was all raced differently so there were some flat stages where it was kind of just waiting around for the sprint then there was like the hillier stages where we'd hit the hills and it all split to pieces and like um some stages where there was just a lot of attacks when people were trying to get time back on the overall so was that your first um senior stage race or uh, you've done a senior one previously. Uh, this, this is your first year senior, is that right? Yeah, it's my first year as an under twenty three. So oh right, sorry. Yeah. yeah, it was my first one as an under twenty three. Um, yeah, in a field with more experienced riders, so that was. Well, very was interesting. that an under twenty three race? No. Uh, oh, no, sorry. yeah, okay, it was with the seniors. seniors. Oh, brilliant! But they had like a ranking for so, the under twenty three. It, it, it used to be class. I think this is the first year. It hasn't been classed as like a UCI race, gotcha. so it's a really big race. Yeah. I mean, she was uh, so there's people from Amer- American team. There yeah, was there was a Dutch, Dutch team. team. Oh, wow. There was then even a, a team from like Kuwait. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know, and uh, well, it was were fun. They native Kuwait, or was it a Kuwaiti team? I think I don't. I'm not entirely sure. I think they okay. might have come all the way over from there. They had, I think, one Irish rider riding for them gotcha. as like a guest rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It was uh, yeah, and she's she was she was saying that American and Dutch kept. They kept um, so you know like how you have the feed zone in yeah, races yeah. like this. Um, they seem to always be moving over to the right for the feed oh, zone yeah, instead yeah. of the left, which I thought was quite funny because yeah. we're so used to just taking the bottles on the left. That's brilliant, and uh, that was uh, you came sixth, uh, the under twenty three. Yeah. Shot. And uh, overall, how, how did you? Um, I came nineteenth overall wow. the GC, so I was quite happy with you that. Uh, first year. <laughs> uh, first stage race, I guess. Wow, that's incredible. Um, but let's take a step back for a second and uh, let's talk about how you got into all of this because yeah. you guys are very, very young, well, at least in my eyes anyway. Um, so now you're 18, yeah. uh, Irfan, you're 21. You yeah, guys, I am actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just think about it. Don't you? <laughs> just turn, so. And you guys are racing at the pointy end, at, but how did yeah. you get there? Uh, we'll start with you, Irfan. Go on. So, uh, I, I guess it all kind of already stems from dad. Yeah. Not that mum hasn't hasn't been sportive, but yeah. our dad was always the one who pushed us into sports. I think kind of especially me, maybe because yeah. I was a boy. Yeah, he tried so many different sports. I remember when we were so, younger, he did football, he did cricket. I think we yeah. both did swimming. But then we had a family friend um, called Spencer, and he ran like a um, like a kids cycling club. Okay. Which and it was like around the corner, so we both went to How that. How old were you at this stage? Yeah, so well, going back a bit, yeah. So with Spencer, I think it was because we used to go to our local park, which is just like a one-mile like loop. Yeah, if that makes sense. Uh, and then 
we were just cycle around there for, and it what felt yeah. like ages you know we would just do lap after lap after lap and like our family friend kind of like just saw us one evening he was just with my dad and he said well and he owned a cycling club so he said well we should come along right and we joined that cycling club and yeah I think we just uh so it, it was like a really small like kind of like kiddie club to to yeah, put yeah, it bluntly yeah. it was a uh, um nothing serious yeah it was a fun club nothing serious and most of it to be honest was just parents dropping their kids off on a weekend so they just did something in the morning but then it was it kind of all well we started when because you yeah they would hold they would hold races like um, every so often local races and I think we just realised we became very over competitive (laughs) so yeah we would get very competitive when it comes to the races and then it kind of just built on from there, you know, looking for bigger races, that sort of stuff. And then like moving out of like local clubs. I think, yeah, I think we've always had a, I guess, um, you know, it's there if you want it. And we've always had like a, a we've always taken everything quite seriously, just yeah, intrinsically. Yeah. That's just how we are as like, uh, bro- we're very similar as a brother and sister. We just kind of have taken everything seriously. So kind of even with these small, like, um, you know these fun local races like you know like a fun run but like oh, with yeah, bikes yeah. we were still like you know try harder than other kids uh, you yeah. know uh, race harder etc mm-hmm. um, and we, we did quite well like we were just kind of winning these yeah. local races and we just we'd always just get support yeah like, from my dad from our family friend Spencer so we just kept going with it because if you have that support you yeah. might as well well you know it helps a lot were you addicted to that win- i imagine you guys were winning yeah <laughs> were you addicted to that sensation that you get when you cross that line first and yeah cheering and is that what kept you coming back i imagine so I, a question to you guys if you weren't winning would, would you have carried on well i think i was getting second for like most of my races because yeah. there's this one girl from this <laughs> club and that obviously you know being like this we were about seven eight years old at the okay, time yeah, yeah. so obviously you know when you're seven eight years old when uh, a girl beats you is the most humiliating yeah. thing <laughs> but i remember she was a triathlete and she just beat me every single race yeah. and i got really but then eventually i think i just got older and bigger yeah, and i just yeah, thought yeah. you know started beating her and one of the other things as well is that you because sana really kind of dragged dad into yeah. it because well I'll let you say it but she uh, kind of she wanted dad to stay yeah so like when we'd go to like um, these like clubs on a Saturday yeah. I always just wanted my dad to stay because I was quite young you know yeah, you know what yeah, it's like yeah. when you're young um, and then I think my dad he would watch like um, us getting coached um, you know it would just be like easy stuff like cornering and then he actually got into the coaching side of it. Oh, really? You know, to, like, help so out. Guys, okay. yeah, yeah, so he would he would coach at, like, the kids' club. And then I think he did some sort of course, you know, to, like, get a proper coaching yeah. Um, qualification. Yeah, so he just wanted to... Instead of sitting around uh, every Saturday, yeah, yeah, yeah. he decided he might as well help out. So he helped out with just in cones and stuff. And he ended up getting dragged into it. And then I think that's... Because at the time, I was doing, like, like Sana said, football, cricket, a couple other things. I'm not sure if you were doing other sports, if you were, was yeah, it just no, cycling? Yeah, just cycling. <laughs> and then, um, but then like kind of just cycling just became the sport. And it was, it's always been a sport where, uh, I mean, I, I really enjoyed football actually as a kid, but I remember swimming and cricket, I always felt like there was an element of I was getting forced to do it. But I do think that, I mean, I think that cycling in general is definitely a, 
like a more enjoyable sport in the sense that I know I know like a lot of swimmers and know a lot of runners yeah. and the way in which they train I guess their sports are very very brutal as well um, it seems like almost like a bit of a chore but with me I like I've always just loved riding my bike uh, you know obviously there's things I do that are hard like you know the hard side of the training yeah, yeah. but for the most part we've, yeah. we've just loved just riding like, our yeah, bikes and just it's like just <laughs> and that was definitely the sport for us yeah, yeah. and uh, so at what stage did you realise wait a second I'm not just winning my local park run or park mm-hmm. ride uh, when did it start when did it dawn on you that actually wait a second I'm, I'm rising through the ranks and I'm pretty good here like nationally not, not just within my little 10 20 local kids wow. you know what I mean uh, because here uh, you could get say 10 comms here in Ilford yeah and you might think you're a big shot but you go yeah. to Abduez and you might come like 50,000 yeah. when did you realize wait a second I'm, I'm actually better than than the average rider uh, you as well son oh. When, I mean, when did it click like actually I'm, I don't think I'm it, pretty good I at this I don't think that was yeah. quite how it works oh, really. <laughs> I think because for me I never used to be brilliant when okay. I was younger I'm going to be honest I wasn't I was quite good at cyclocross like off road but when you're like an under 12 it's quite easy okay. <laughs> but um, yeah no, I okay never... fine Let, let's put it this way when did you start raising, rising through the ranks when did you so, hit cat 3 for example cat 2 well I think we're going all, well let's go if you go all the way back to uh, kind of when we were winning these local races yeah. so we uh, there's like a local there's a local race of these small small races were part of like the go ride league is what it's called yeah, yeah, yeah. so we both won that year, didn't we? Yeah, there was a year we both, yes. both won that. And what, what category? In, in oh, Kent? Or the whole of oh, it was just local, like Bromley kind of league. Yeah. Like, it was just kids from Bromley in the local like bike, bike clubs. Yeah. Like, anyone could really do it. And we just won the trophies. Um, yeah, and it, um, there was, I remember they've got that photo of us both holding yeah. it. We were really happy. That was the first like proper thing we'd won. And then it was shortly after that, uh, so I, I think I would have done a regional level cyclocross race okay. and this was the kids age so it wasn't like obviously adults I was only about 12 at the time so I did this regional level cyclocross race and I got my ass absolutely whooped so I mean I remember I don't even know who Ben Tullet is no. he's, he rides for Ineos now he's doing like he did the Vuelta or Giro this year I think okay. he's doing world champs for GB and yeah. He lapped me like twice in that race. I thought, what on earth? Because that's that's a different ball game. Because yeah. then, well, it's not even like, and that's still like little fish compared to what we got onto. But for us, just being like these local racers, you kind of just like, you know, we're just kid, a couple of kids on bikes having fun, yeah. but we're just a little bit fast to go into like these to a stage. That's the level up where you know you're actually racing. People have proper race bikes. They have tires. They were already guessing yeah, coaches. They're training. Like they're training. They're thinking about their technique. You know, all this kind of like warm up. You know, you're still at a young age, but the youngsters now they're thinking about all of this. Gotcha. And even the youngsters are like, you go to like uh, 11, 12 year olds. Look at their races. They're so they're still quite dialed in. Yeah. Uh, they're more dialed in than like um, your local TT. Well, they're even more dialed in, yeah, like a Cat 3 or even like wow. some of these, even some of these like Cat 2s and, you know, they're even more dialed in. They're not faster, yeah, yeah. but they know what they're doing. And I think that's why... Taking it more seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So you asked me before the pod, 
what like oh he said that oh i'm younger than you therefore uh it must have been harder for me to get into it compared to you well yeah. i would say it's quite opposite because i've almost had these things drilled into me since i was like yeah. 11 12 you know like you know it like i've done so many races you know i turn up to a race i pin my numbers on put my jersey skin suit whatever on warm up and you know it's you know it like yeah. the back of your hand like your fueling strategy everything yeah, yeah. so yeah that's mental so at what stage then um has it even clicked to you right now then because uh, it has yeah. back then like that you guys can potentially uh, take it to the next level um perhaps even talking world tour i don't know if it's is it world tour for women as well is that uh, yeah, yeah. she yeah, she yeah. go world tour i think i think, I think she, for she wants both to. of us it was i think it was him before me so like i said i wasn't brilliant as like a under 12 under 14 he picked up a lot quicker than i did but for me i just kind of stuck with it and i think part of it was just watching him yeah. race so i just sort of stuck with it and i remember i think because i've always been quite small people always used to tell me on like local rides you know like up hills the people would always say like oh i've got something yeah. you know up hills yeah, yeah. so i always liked that i always used to um go on hilly rides when I was younger because that was something I really liked so I just kind of stuck with it and I think it was more recently when we both joined um like quite elite teams then I think it's sort of clicked but not not as much <laughs> well I think yeah I think for me it was kind of uh so I told you about my first like regional race yeah. I did yeah. and then I I started doing quite well at that kind of regional level at both road and cyclocross as in, like, say, when I was at like, 12, in the under 12 category, I was finishing, like, top three, top four, oh, okay. which is decent. Yeah, I think I yeah. won a couple, even. Um, but it was really when I went to the... Uh, yeah, there, but I was but then I remember I did a national. So, you do, so like I say, you do these kiddie races, you start winning those, right? You, then I went to these regional races, got my ass whooped, but eventually started winning those. Yeah. Then I remember the first national I did, and uh, I, I got my ass whooped again. It was a completely different kettle of fish. Because, you know, you're talking about the best riders from each region. Absolutely. You know, and then all of a sudden you're finishing, oh, third or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're finishing, like, 23rd. And you're thinking, well, yeah. how have all these kids come from? And the level of racing was just so much higher. But then I think it was when I was an under 14, I really started to excel in those, like, kind of finishing top 10 nationally. Wow, okay. Uh, yeah, and then... Uh, and that's what... I think that's the moment I realised that... I can compete with the best yeah. because I was competing with the best even though I was so young yeah. it kind of made me realise that oh you know I have something here like it, it, that is doable well, then, you, yeah, but since then there's been even more levels of racing which you know we can get on to later in the pod yeah uh, just for the record you are Cat 2 Eddie Racer well I mean Cat 2 Cat, I mean they kind of, the points kind of they, they, don't, they don't matter they don't reason. matter yeah. it's could be, could be cat one. Could you're be you're racing at the highest level here. Yeah, right? essentially. And uh, Sana, you're doing the same. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Also, yeah, I was a cat too. But to uh, be honest, for women, it's a bit different because um, for him, obviously, being a higher cat kind of helps with you know entering races. Yeah. For women's, it's a bit easier. If you're a cat too, you can kind of enter any race you want, gotcha. which helps a lot. I was going to ask actually. Um, it was a question I had in my mind. Like, obviously, you were a junior very yeah. recently. Do you instantly, very good junior, do you instantly become cat two or how did it, did you become cat four again? Because um, So when I moved like... from under 16 to junior, obviously as a junior you can start racing with the women, 
so oh, okay. I got yeah I got moved to Cat Three. So I was racing as a junior with the women, yeah. but I had to start off as Cat Three, and then um, slowly move up. Gotcha. Irfan, I first noticed you um, when I first started racing earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw your name and I was like, wait a second, there's, yeah. a, there's another one of us, you know. <laughs> and then I noticed your sister as well, and I was like, damn. And uh, you guys are like I mentioned, you guys are at the pointy end where. As uh, myself, yeah. I'm at the bottom, and that's where I noticed you, and I was like, uh, "Someone's doing it," and yeah. uh, that's why you're here as well. For uh, like coming up, did you ever think to yourself, "I'm the only Muslim here," uh, both of you, and think to yourself, "That's been a barrier," or has that helped you, or is something you've not really thought about? I don't think it's been a barrier at all. I mean, everyone in the cycling community has been really yeah. nice. It's I don't think anyone's ever treated us yeah. differently. We both never really felt it's that. It's a nice community, yeah, I think, yeah. in general it is. But, uh, yeah, the, I mean, this year's been... I mean, because we kind of, like, we've raced at a high level uh, until we're, like... Well, till we, but then we race at, like, a high level, but nothing, like, really, really serious. Yeah. But it's really it's this year where it's taken off yeah. for both of us. Like I massively like even when you met me in uh, January, yeah. February, I wouldn't have thought I'd be racing at the level I'm racing at now. It just seems to have been we just got yeah. a good few opportunities and then I uh, like say but with the Muslim community as well, it's all kind of taken off this year in the element that I never realised there was such a big Muslim cycling community because yeah. oh, we just kind of just did our own thing. Yeah, you know? I think you also through the ranks through the yeah, yeah, yeah as I think youngsters, I guess. And yeah, I guess because we started so young, it's yeah. never really occurred to us. Yeah, Because yeah. a lot of the people we race with now, we've known them since yeah, we were like yeah, under twelve. So it doesn't. We've just doesn't. We just don't really notice it. You've been in the racing scene, and I guess the Muslim community. We're not in the racing scene. We're kind of within ourselves. Yeah. at club level. Um, and you guys have come up slightly through a different path and I guess that's where um, there's been that difference between mm. um, the, the Muslim cycling community yeah. and yourself like I said I noticed you when I looked into racing as opposed to when I'm out and about um, so that that's probably part of it um, especially as a youngster as well because there's not many have you seen, I mean, uh, let's wait to you have you I, I noticed you and you're probably the only one have mm. you noticed anyone coming up through Yes. No one. Uh, well, I think you do get around because in the whole kill and your velo park, you get a few, and there's definitely like increasing numbers of. Yeah. I don't know if you know just uh, ethnic people. Yeah, ethnic, yeah, you yeah, see absolutely. ethnicity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As more now than in the past, definitely, especially with movements such as Black Cyclists Network yeah, yeah. and so forth. Um, and we're from Kent, which is, uh, you know, it's it's it's, it's a white. Yeah. it's a white area um, just you know where our parents decided to move to so yeah but that, so it's definitely it's more in the last few years where we've been racing at these North London races that we've noticed it more gotcha so yeah 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 fair enough um, but out in the sticks you've never seen and I imagine you won't see for a long time still as well not at our level yeah, oh, yeah absolutely so. like absolutely. not on the kind of like I guess at the moment, I guess we're what elite national level really yeah, yeah, yeah. right at the top end of the UK. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't. Yeah, well, good on you guys for <laughs> for starting. Uh, uh, so now back to you then, uh, junior hill climb champion uh, last year, <laughs> mental. Um, that was out in Winnet's Pass. Yeah. Horrific day, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and, it was uh, very rainy that day. <laughs> you, you are the champ. Um, how did that make you feel? Um, 
Yeah, I was I was pleased with it. I was to be honest, personally, I was more pleased. At, I was like comparing my time to the women's time because obviously I competed in the junior category, yeah. but I also wanted to compare like where I would sit in the women's category. And I think my time got me in the top 10. Wow. So I was, yeah, I, that kind of made me a bit more happy. Um, Will you be going back? Yeah, hopefully. I'm going to be in uni this time. Yeah. Um, and just so, for the record, what uni is now? <laughs> uh, Cambridge. <laughs> Good um, so, yeah, I need to figure out how I'm going to get there because I think it's somewhere so is it in the West. 23 uh, category now, or are you with the um, It's just, it's just all women. So yeah. it was juniors and then just all women. Brilliant. So yeah, I do hope to compete again. Is it, is where it? is it? I don't know. It's somewhere in the west. It's like west nearish. Well? Oh no, the thing is, it's a different ball game. You look she, the same. You know, you got she, the same physique, uh, relatively, she climbs much better than me. Really? Oh. I mean, relatively, I'm yeah. strong on the flats though. Yeah, I, yeah I obviously. Think, <laughs> um, but no, no, but like relatively, like yeah. even within our own kind of racing style. Like, I mean, she got tenth best in the country in the national hill climb champion. But if you really dial into it she's not a hill climber yeah mm. so i mean obviously these hill climb specialists they have hill climb specific bikes which are about three four kilos lighter than your typical road bike Absolutely. so she's doing it on a road bike she's she's already at a just a standard road yeah. Bike. yeah she's already at a big disadvantage right yeah then you've also got the element that because it's in november that's when you're least yeah. fit throughout the year so i think for his men's category you get a lot more mm. hill climb specialists you know people who train all year mm. just for a hill climb yeah. you get that a bit less so in the women's there are obviously a few but not I love as that many niche within the yeah yeah, yeah i've seen that is incredible yeah and i love seeing the bikes on gcn and whatnot yeah yeah don't carry on sorry um yes yeah, so obviously you see that a bit less in the women so he has it quite a bit harder i would say yeah um so we're just going to go on to tech so i'm i'm someone who likes to geek out, tries to find that extra one mm -hmm. or two. I, I don't know if I overcompensate, we wear baggies and stuff, um, but I've seen you race in front, you don't have, um, I, would, I wouldn't say you have the most optimized bike. No. Uh, it's probably because you're still very young, you don't have disposable income, etc., etc. No. Sana, I haven't seen your bike, in fact. Uh, um, you don't want to. <laughs> right, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It, uh, is that something you guys think about when you're racing? Or? He's always driven yeah. me about how unaerodynamic <laughs> parts of my bike are. <laughs> um, I, I'm, trying to be, I'm trying to think about it a bit more now that I'm moving up to like more national races. We're not even national, we're buying like 5,000 pounds <laughs> and stuff. No, I, never, I never really understood that, like if you don't mind you just kind of <laughs> no, say no, like, Because I do think You can that, bash us. <laughs> well, I mean, I do think that, you know, you can get... We're on mid, like mid, mid, like relatively yeah, mid-tier yeah. bikes. Yeah, yeah, like, you're yeah. kind of looking at a two, three thousand pound range. But... Um, now, I mean, at the moment, I'm racing on. I've got. I'm using my own bike. Yeah. But uh, we're going to the team stuff. Here, yeah, right? yeah. So our teams essentially because we've moved up to big teams yeah. now. Yeah. So my team provides me with kit, right? So I get that given to me. Like we're still not giving me ten grand bikes like some of the pro teams are. Yeah. So we are still at a disadvantage. You know, if we turn up to a race, you have Ribble on some of the nicest bikes you can buy. Yeah, You'll have yeah. Canyon on the nicest bikes you can buy. Um, and so forth uh so but it's still like i guess it's just uh yeah it's just uh i just think that a lot of it it is it is about the bike does help but if you're good you're good yeah you know yeah, i mean absolutely. i've that um I, i've won an e12 on my winter bike last year i had a crack in my race bike 
Yeah. Uh, so I was using my like training bike, which is like six hundred quid. Yeah, yeah. We bought X for the yeah, yeah, second hand, second hand. And I won. A, it managed to win an E one two crit on that. So um, you know the bike does matter, but if if you're good, you're good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, so fine. Uh, what would you say is the single most uh, biggest upgrade you, yeah. you've done yourself or you're thinking of doing to, and to your bike or your, to your equipment even she buddies me about my position yeah <laughs> but I think getting a investing money because it's cheap as well yeah and that is the other thing with expensive bikes everything's integrated nowadays yeah which is integrated stem this that so new stem is £200 yeah. yeah yeah what's what's the point and it's also all kind of like you buy it and it's not very you can't really modify it much yeah. Yeah, yeah. but say with my bike for like 50 quid I can change the position to make it more aerodynamic and it is mostly the rider yeah um, so yeah I'll say that your position is the number one thing skin suit is the number two thing yeah but most of our guys won't wear it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah true true but I mean if you, if you don't mind wearing it I think definitely a fast skin suit yeah was definitely number two thing and then uh, are you doing latex clinchers? Uh I use so my I, I've only she's still using clinchers because she's a dinosaur oh, you're but <laughs> I'm using tubeless because my team set it up for okay, me yeah, so yeah, it's just it's just easy were you using uh, clinchers prior to this team move or? yeah I never really liked latex inner tubes really? uh, I tried them they're supposed to be faster but I just kept getting too many punctures oh okay right. and I think I was put if you put them in if you put latex in slightly wrong uh, and it's like rubbing against the tire they can just go bang okay. so I think there's certain techniques people use like you're supposed to like put flour on them to like reduce the friction yeah, yeah, between the tire but I just found they just kept puncturing or just going bang fine, fine. Uh, so I just thought for like 10 quid a tube I'm not riding these for like 2 watts you know yeah, fair enough, fair enough. and then uh, so let's talk about training in that case uh, any secret training tips or even just standard training tips uh, for me, never do a ride without a hill. <laughs> that's, that's my, I don't know, that's just me hills. though. But no, I just, for me, because I just find, I get bored. If there's no, if it's just dead flat, I get bored. So even if, even if I do, I'm doing like sprints or like, you know, a reasonably fat ride, I'll always put a drag in or something. Because I just, I think it adds variety a lot. So, I think training for me is really quite interesting one. Because what uh, I'm racing at a level at the moment where I'm not racing for myself. Okay, you're racing for the team now. Yeah. Sacrificing yourself sometimes, mm. etc. Yeah. And so I'm getting a coach from the team. For, I'm self-coached at the moment. Yeah. But I'm getting a coach from my team. Uh, and he's going to... Because it's really the level... Uh, when you get to this level, it, the training's like so specific. It's not generic, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know like because if you want to get finished like top 10 in a national or you want to help your teammate podium a national your training has to be like really dialed in for that specific race yeah so instead of just kind of doing my generic training generic threshold efforts whatever uh, you know I'm going to work towards you know target a few races next year and really kind of go for them and yeah it's, it's a different type of racing because well it's best given with an example so um last weekend i did a stage race in yorkshire it was a three stage yeah. three stages and we had our leader in second on gc coming into the final stage um 
However, unfortunately, on the last lap, he got dropped, right? So I then I had to pace him back on to the group so he could save his GC, and I managed to do that only a couple hundred metres before the finish. And it, or, or during that race, you know, I'm going back to get bottles for him. And that kind of riding is a different style of riding. Or so say like my coach might, uh, another example is my coach might say to me, he wants me in the early breakaway. And then um, I'll relay that. Uh, no, so my, my team manager will say to me and my coach that he wants me to get in the early breakaway. And then my coach will then have to adjust my training such that I can you know, hold like 300 watts for two, three hours, yeah. say. So I can, and and, and, that I, and he will also have to tweak my warm up, give me nutrition advice, such that I can go full gas at the start, you know? Uh, whereas if you're racing for yourself, you might, you're just gonna naturally, you're not gonna go as hard in those, the start of the race. Yeah. So the, the training has taken a big turn for me this year with the step up. And have you noticed uh yourself getting stronger or is it something like you're still still the same rider uh, you've obviously stepped up team stepped up the races have you yeah. noticed in performance as well then oh yeah I'm definitely fitter uh, I mean at the moment like I said I'm self-coached yeah. and that's uh, it's kind of doing these races where it's like I can I can say top five a national B race right uh, kind of like a regional level race right but if I'm going to win it you really need that uh, specificity, I guess. You can't just do like your base miles, your generic sessions, which will get you to a very good level of fitness. But yeah, so to so this year, I'm you know I'm fit, but I just don't really have that panache at the end, if that makes sense. Okay. So um, you know, like someone just beats me in the final climb, someone just yeah, beats me in the right. spin. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's kind of, well, I mean that that was the local crits. I'm kind of just taking his training. But so that like even the, in the bigger races, right? Um, and it's really that finishing touch that takes you to that next level. Uh, you know, especially with the, you just can't compete with these kind of professional level riders in some of these races without putting everything, focusing everything on that race. Yeah, absolutely. So you're working right now. Uh, so now you're going to go into education. Uh, so of course, of course, you don't have time, the time to compete yeah. uh, with well, these yeah. people, I guess. Um, but you talked about next year, some ambitions. What what are the big races? What are you looking forward to? What are you training for? Yeah, I'll let Sana go first, I think. Uh, so for me, I was going to go for more than that A races, so the prems. Because um, I missed quite a lot this year for my A-levels. I missed pretty much the first half of the season, so I missed like the tour series and like the first few rounds of the national series. So I really wanted to target those next year. Um, more specifically the hilly ones but also the flat ones as well you know just to get a good mix you know more experience yeah absolutely um, yeah and then seeing how much I can do around uni which hopefully I can do still quite a lot uh, I guess you're placing a good spot though Cambridge like there's plenty of racing going on around yeah there, so a bit further up north than we are at home so absolutely. that helps because all the races are up north yeah, absolutely where the roads are quiet and mm. stuff very fun yeah, so I'm, um, even at this time of year, right, I'm thinking about where I want to be in June, July. Yeah. So like I said before, that's kind of like the difference is like, I'm not thinking about where I'm racing next week, where I'm racing in two weeks time. I'm thinking where do I want to be in June, July next year. And really, so I can just put everything into that. Um, 
and you know if you're doing like the Olympics or whatever you have to think about where I want to be in four years yeah. so, so yeah at the moment stop there for a second uh, you're oh, Bangladeshi Pakistani oh Pakistani we went Pakistani anyway um, just before I forget have you thought about representing Pakistan at like say mm. the world's is next year in Glasgow you could definitely hit oh it's in Glasgow yeah it's in Australia this year um, Glasgow next year mm. what I would suggest is try hit up your contacts to get in contact with the Pakistani Federation and get yourselves on the start list they don't actually have um, I think it was last year you've looked into first, it yeah absolutely oh, I'm looking okay. for myself for India. oh really yeah 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 and um, there was a Pakistani team Was the, uh, I think it was last year it was the first time they ever fielded um, like a road team and a TT they team. have a road team they did for the first time last year oh wow and so uh, it hit the news like it was in uh, like Cycling Weekly or something and the guys were sharing it on the group chat and it was like it's quite a buzz about it so, so depending on the level of race I mean she'll absolutely like, she'll probably jump straight into it that, that's what I'm saying like you guys are racing at the pointy end in, here in Britain mm. I imagine without any disrespect to the league out in Pakistan yeah. and whatnot, like I'm sure you're yeah. more capable than most of them there um, so you should definitely look into that yeah um, I mean that would be amazing Worlds Olympics Com- yeah. Commonwealth Games just went that was in Birmingham yeah. that would have been a good shot oh, yeah I mean this year I didn't even six months ago seven months ago I didn't even know I'd be yeah. racing out. I mean I was thinking last year last season because uh, I've been doing it for so long I was just kind of thinking of packing it in really yeah, yeah. Um, I thought all these kind of nationals and that level of racing would be too much for me but I had the opportunity with the team and racing for Spirit uh, got opportunity with them and that's kind of really just propelled me this year so but yeah no, next year and Paris and those kind that kind of in a few years time that's definitely a shout yeah definitely you need to look into that definitely if, if, you, don't, if you don't make the Britain team that yeah, she'll <laughs> probably she'll probably make the GB team on the rate she's going <laughs> absolutely um, but talk about switching teams and whatnot how do you decide well all of, both of you switch teams this year mm. uh, talk us through that what, what are team like where uh, a podcast of uh, listeners who generally don't race they won't understand the nitty gritty of what a team yeah. means and all the rest of it uh, so just break it down a little bit there who were you racing for before and what kind of mm. racing were you doing and then what it means now to race for these bigger teams and what that allows you to do as well um, so we until I think this year we were both mm. racing literally just for our local club like we weren't really part of a team it was just like we kind of raced for the club but there wasn't a proper team Yeah. Um, so we were kind of just on our own um, up until this year just kind of racing for ourselves and then I think I definitely noticed because it was last year was my first year racing with the women you kind of you need a team for races like this so I noticed I'd be racing on my own we'd be coming into the sprint and all the teams they would get all their riders would like group up ride together you know lead their sprinters out for the sprint and I'm just there on my own I can't I can't really do that myself um yeah so the team I found um team one form um who was sponsored by brother um, yeah, I found them. I'd seen a lot of their riders at races. I knew they were a very, very strong team. So I got in touch with the team manager and asked if I could join. And yeah, I've had I've had a brilliant time this year on that team. Um, a lot of the girls are similar to my age, so we all get on well. Um, I see a lot of them at races, so we can you know kind of have team strategies, ride together, warm up together. That sort of thing, I think, really makes a big difference. I think even logistically, like, do if you were to do these races 
on your own, you better have a lot of money. Like the like the kind of not local races, local races like that's fine. Yeah. But if you're going to be traveling around the country, even throughout Europe, doing these UCI level races, these national level races, a logistically it's an absolute nightmare. And there's people on the team who, you know, that's their dedicated job. If you like, like we have a guy on our team who he make, does all the logistics, sort everything out out for us. So he just says, you know, just be here at this day. We'll pick you up. We'll fly you to wherever we'll drive you to wherever and then even like at the race all the signing in you know getting your bikes ready this and that sure, like yeah it just there's so much and then that doesn't even it takes on. so much weight off your shoulders especially as a rider yeah. when you turn up to a race and you just have so much help and support so you're not just you know stressing mm-hmm. about everything and you need to be resting as well like because like with our teams now uh you know, I'm turning up to the races, my team sorting my travel, my team sorting my hotel, they're driving me to the race in the morning from the hotel, uh, you know, then, or they're setting my bike up, signing me in, I'm just sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. And then, because all they want me to do, and if I get up and do anything, they'll tell me, no, 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 sit down, like, rest, save yourself, because I've got, like, a 100-mile race coming up that that's it's the same it goes back to what i was saying earlier it's just all about just at this top level just um it's just preparation preparation is the key and being as prepared as you can and as focused as you can for that uh for that one race so you've got this whole team working around you um dedicated to yeah. people as you mentioned doesn't that add pressure and how do you deal with that because when you are mm-hmm. losing previous if you get dropped previously it was like you know what that was you feel stupid uh, you feel a bit crap but it's, yeah. like, it's for yourself you know what I mean now you've got you're riding for a team you've got people relying on you yes um, they're providing assistance financially uh, time wise uh, how do you deal with that and uh, is it something you thought yeah. about I, I, I'm sorry if I planted a seed in your head yeah if that's the case well actually it's, it's, it's interesting you say that because I've, I've been thinking quite a lot that it's kind of is it the last like few months uh, since I've been on my my team that I'm racing for is uh, Spirit BSS right so well in a bit of context in the UK you have kind of have the professional teams there's um, three of them around at the moment then below that you have the eight there's eight elite teams and Spirit is one of the elite teams gotcha. and I think for Sana as well she's in that same level she's on the elite she's oh in this year she's had so many. She's had the biggest teams in the UK. Contact her. We're not going to go into any of the <laughs> any of the details, but she's uh, next year. You can expect to see her on a on, on a on a not that there's anything wrong with your team, but on a, <laughs> well, come January on on a big team. Yeah, so I'm or, on an elite development team, but I'm yeah. looking for an elite team. So same as yeah, you. nice. Yeah, and um, I think I mean it's definitely it's more like it's not a hot, it's like you have a job to do. Yeah. That's what, and there's pressure. There's pressure. There's definitely pressure yeah. on your shoulders, hands down. I say more for me than you. Yeah. I mean, you've seen, you've seen what our. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've seen what our uh, team meetings are like. team managers yeah. a little bit more cutthroat yeah. than our one. Not in a bad way, because yeah. it is elite sport. End of the day, you know. But even for me, when I went to Ireland, um, so obviously we had the team together. And because I was the main climber for the team, so coming to the hilly stages, I had one of our riders lead me out into the oh, hills. Wow. Okay, so, so that was actually quite fun. So yeah, she would, yeah. um, she took me through the group. She's very good at like manoeuvring through the group. She'd ride on the front, you know, really hard. I'd be right on her wheel. 
and then right before the climb she pulled off so and I would go yeah. off up the hill so obviously that was a little bit of pressure because obviously she's doing that all out yeah, for me and if, you know, if I don't deliver up the hills it doesn't look as good um, but yeah I think because I think a lot of it is to do with how well you get on with the riders and you know like your relationship mm. with the riders so I think if you have a good relationship with each other it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit yeah I mean I, yeah I think it's also it's quite like the pressure can sound like a bad thing, but then it's also kind of it's high stakes, high reward. Yeah. So, say like um, a bit of context. So typically, how it works, right? So we all turn up to oh, well before the race, really. Uh, so we all kind of turn up to race, uh, and our team. So there's eight of us in say like a in these big races, like national level races. We have a team of eight, and our team manager will say, right, you and you, you're the leader. You're the two leaders, right? And then let's say it's a hilly race. He might say to some of the bigger riders who aren't going to get over all the hills. He's going to say to him, at the start of the race, I want you like pacing on the front for the two leaders, right? I want you protecting them. And then he'll say to say, kind of like my kind of people, like I'm not, I'm typically not selected as a leader because yeah. we have some very strong riders on our team, but I'm usually kind of, you know, protect the leader towards the end of the race, protect the leader on the hills. Uh, make sure they're fueled, make sure they're fed, make sure they're not out of position, right? You're a domestic for Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And um, so if so, so, I've had some really fantastic races where, uh, so say for example, I mentioned last weekend where we had a leader who was, uh, our leader was second on GC, he gets dropped on the final stage and I managed to pace him back. And really that that's just so rewarding. Like you feel so proud of yourself, yeah. you feel... You know the team's happy with you. You're happy. You feel like a real team player. It's it's it's, it's amazing, really. It's an amazing feeling to have that. You know when because I gave you give your all to for your teammates, right? And that's you need to have a really strong like bond to do that. But then I do say on the flip side as well, it can be like it can be very disheartening. Like I have had not many this year, but I've had one that springs to mind at the Rydale National. Uh, is one of the national series races and. I got dropped off early there, like first lap, had a really bad race. I wasn't able to help the team. Uh, team manager was understanding. He says, you know, that's it happens. But personally for myself, I felt so disappointed that I wasn't there for my teammates. Uh, so yeah, but then at the same time, that also drives me because I did like, after that race, I was like, right, need to work out what's wrong. Really need to, you know, focus on uh, yeah, because it drives you. You know, what I mean, the pressure—the pressure does drive you. So, when you're looking for a team, then what packages can they offer? What are you looking for when you're? We we had a discussion yeah. on Instagram not not long ago. I was pretending I'm gonna yeah uh, join the elite squads, and you're telling me look for this, look for that. So yeah. What do you look for, and uh, why? Uh, so I think a lot of teams obviously they'll offer like kits and like they'll pay for your race entries, stuff like that. But I feel like you should look more at, firstly, the riders. Um, you want to see if you're fit in with the riders. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, if you think you can work together and like you have a good range of like ability, not range of abilities, but you'll have like sprinters, climbers, um, time trialers. You want to be in like a team with a good range of, um, good range of riders. Um, obviously also the team manager is, plays quite an important yeah. role. So you need to have a good relationship with them. And obviously um, someone, you want to choose someone who all has your best interests at heart as well yeah. as the teams. I think both of them are very important. Yeah, I think I think you really, you want 
I think two two main things. A you want focus, right? So the team I'm in has like 12, 13 riders, uh, 12, 13, 14 riders. And because we're taking eight to a race, you can imagine there's a very high emphasis, you know, like I'm yeah. not left out. Yeah, yeah. But some teams, I've looked at some teams, um, I look at some teams and they have like 30 riders. I'm like, you know, how can you be an elite team? Well, I mean, they are an elite team and they have very strong riders, but I just wouldn't, personally just wouldn't join that team and be one of like 30 odd riders because, uh, you know, if you, then you're just kind of a, a statistic. You're not like, a, you know, you need, you need, you're you understand. Part of the team. You're yeah, part yeah, of the exactly. You're kind of just a part of the big, big, it's more of a club than a team. You yeah, kind of yeah. get into that kind of region. So, um, and that kind of focus on yourself you want people who genuinely you know they care about your best interests like uh, you know like Sonna said you want a team manager who has your best interests at heart because with sport as well it's quite you know it's quite brutal like cut you have it. yeah it's quite cutthroat so there's nothing wrong with that like I said there's nothing wrong with having pressure placed on like your shoulders and I quite like having pressure placed on my shoulders because it drives me but at the same time, you know, you want someone who's got your best interests at heart and they want the best out of you. They're not going to, like, push you too hard. They're not going to force you to, like, do races you want, don't want to do, spend money you don't want to, you know, overcommit. You know, they have to be understanding of your other commitments in life. And I think the second... Uh, so the first thing is, like, that focus on you as a rider, right? Um, and the second thing I would say is pathways. So you want a team that... Uh, provides you you look at a team and you, you don't want to be a small fish in a big pond you don't want to be a big fish in a small pond right um and i think that i really enjoy the racing with the team that i'm racing for because like i said uh, i'm given i'm given a role and i'm given an important role in that team and i think because we have so few riders everyone's given an important role in that team yeah, yeah. and uh so at the moment you know i'm kind of i would say that i've gone when i first joined the team i was kind of like man number like seven or eight out of the eight riders I was kind of the last person that the leaders will rely on but I'm going into races now and uh like I did a, a under 23 national recently and team manager told me before the race because uh, we our leader was in second in the national he's like ranked second in the under 23 yeah, yeah. yeah so he's really high ranking and he had a shot at like moving up to first so, uh, you know, first ranked under 23 in the country is quite a good Absolutely. good title to have. Absolutely. And my team manager said to me that race, you know, he says, right, you're like his right-hand man and I was his right-hand man for that race. Unfortunately, it didn't quite go to plan. He didn't quite have the legs, but, you know, that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as, it's just having moved up in the team and next year I want to really be... Um, next year I want to be the person who's being given the leadership role it's almost like what you see uh, you know with Team Sky right Yeah. like you have Froome in, in Europe, yeah, yeah in Europe. well Sky back in the day oh, okay, Sky yeah, back in the day yeah. so you know when Froome was racing for Sky yeah. uh, initially he was you know he was Wiggins. yeah well he would have probably started right at the bottom of the ranks yeah. and he moved up the ranks eventually to leadership it's that exact same thing and I said the same thing to Sonu as well because um, you see a lot of riders who join big teams and you, a lot of big teams who it's kind of the team's uh, fault as well because you see a lot of big teams who take on riders. They take on too many riders and the riders just don't get given opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just don't... Uh, yeah, you just... I mean, you see, like, I'm not going to... Yeah, yeah. You see, like, elite riders and they're just 
stuck doing like local races because every team's only allowed every race yeah you're only allowed between four and eight is usually the limit on how many riders you're allowed so you know if i say to sonna if you go join a team because she's a climber right i say if you join a team and you're not in the top like yeah if you're not in the top five climbers even like if you're not in top five climbers just don't because it's too it's too it's too big a team for you like and also say but at the same time if you're going to be the standout best climber also don't join it because you want to be riding and you know kind of surrounded by riders of a stronger caliber because yeah, that's going to your age is yeah really exactly yeah. yeah that's a smart mentality so how many hours are you guys putting in and how do you get it around <sighs> uni and working mine's, he does a lot more than I do mine's an absolute uh, <laughs> you be okay. I'll tell you in a bit. But. I I can get away with doing yeah. less hours because my races are obviously shorter. Um, okay. I mean, my nationals will probably go up to three, maybe three and a half hours at the most. Um, his are a lot longer, so I can get away with like ten to fifteen hour weeks. That's still big weeks, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's yeah, it's I'd pretty say that's pretty standard for girls. Yeah. I'm actually not sure what the other girls are doing, but um, uh, yeah, it can go up to. A bit, a bit longer, you know, in the summer when you have like long training yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. So recently, when we went on holiday, we did sort of like a cycling holiday. I think we did like a big twenty-hour yeah. week, but that's because I was riding with him most of the week. But yeah, he does a lot more. Um, although it's hard because he's fitting it around his work, which obviously yeah. takes more Getting time. Regents Park these days. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Regents Park in the moment. Uh, so I think, well, for me, my season's been. I've only really had like two or three good months this season, but they've been like really, really good months. Yeah. Because uh, I had my final year at uni, <clears throat> so I had exams and I just wasn't really training. Uh, and then I uh, I decided to run a marathon actually, uh, so I took like a month out to to to, yeah. to run a marathon. Um, Dumb decision or. Oh yeah, stupid decision. Wouldn't recommend it. No, well, it's actually really, it's rewarding, really though. rewarding. It's really it's rewarding. rewarding. I wouldn't recommend. I think I actually I did it within. I started training, and within about two weeks I ran the marathon. So I wouldn't recommend doing it within two weeks. Um, as Sana will yeah, can tell you, it was that probably quite risky. He's managed to avoid injury. I don't know. I'm proper ruin myself. <laughs> and then after that, it was kind of like well I need to get back to cycling and there's not really there's only like half the season's gone and I haven't really done anything so I've been training a bit of I mean you've seen a bit like a maniac yeah. up until recently like alongside full time work like 20 plus hours he comes back at like 10 o'clock at night yeah so <laughs> uh, yeah so like it would be like you know ride into work an hour then do four hours after work um, race on the weekend so you can't really pull long riders on the weekends if that makes sense yeah, yeah. Because you're traveling, you're racing. Um, but then, then uh, at the moment, like ideally, probably sixteen to twenty. Like that's an at my level, sixteen to twenty hours is probably what what you need. But uh, I've been going a bit overboard, so I can kind of catch up with the people I'm racing against, basically. Absolutely. Um, so I guess you've touched on it. Both of you have touched on it. Um, and uh, I find it's interesting how you switched because when I spoke to you early in January, February, you were like, I'm not taking this very seriously. Yeah. Um, you were kind of checking out and now you're, yeah. you've definitely checked in, um, probably from joining the team, getting yeah. good results, et cetera. Where do you guys see yourself three, four years? And are you all in now, Irfan, or are you still 
finding your feet almost and deciding in and out and uh so now, are, are you like world tour if it knocks on your door are you saying bye to cambridge or is it like how are you in in all of that um for me i definitely i want to get my degree that's very important to me yeah um so i want to keep cycling at the level i am because i at this level i'm really enjoying it the thing is it's quite hard because i i look at obviously girls join the gb team i'm definitely not good enough to join the gb team yet or anything like that but um you look at a lot of girls that join these elite teams or like pro teams but then you still see a lot of those girls drop out of cycling gotcha. and i really don't want that happening so i'm really enjoying racing at the level i'm racing at and for me that's the biggest thing yeah so yeah i could try and push myself you know like take time off school stuff like that push myself to go further but i don't know if i'll enjoy it as much yeah i am hopefully in a few years time i'm looking to race more in europe though okay i get experience uh uci races stuff like that yeah just for um experience you know something new Absolutely. i think i really enjoy that Absolutely. You're yeah well i mean you said uh end of last year kind of i was towards the start of this year i wasn't really putting anything into it because uh, so I joined since the junior. I've been racing at you know national level, kind of all the way through juniors and youths. Uh, I got my you know as soon as I was a junior, I got my cat two within about four or five races, and I kind of just sat there at that same level. And I guess I was just kind of getting bored and with the time commitments. I you know you know when you're putting in a lot of time into something, and you're not yeah, really you're not improving. Yeah, you yeah. kind of just think, well, why am I doing this? It's just the same old, same old year after year. Um, and again, really, it's with the team because this year, I uh, so start of this year, I was I was racing with my local club, right? Yeah. So I was racing with my local club. Um, a bigger team came and picked me up, and they gave me some opportunities, right? So they said, "Oh, we'll put you into a couple of the nationals." Yeah. And it was the Stockton Grand Prix, which is one of one of the national series races. Uh, I was. Um, I did that for this bigger team and I did really, really well in it. So I was on track for a top 30 in like my first ever national, yeah. which is, I said, that's, for me, that was a pretty big yeah. achievement, right? You know, it's, uh, I was on track for a top 30 and one of the elite teams saw me. And it's quite surprising, I mean, that they, they, they signed me so quickly, especially halfway through the season. Yeah. But I, I really, really appreciate, uh, his name's uh, Ross, the team manager for that, for Spirit. He says, right, I think you have something. Let's sign him now. I want him now, basically. So I kind of, it's, it's been quite a steep learning curve all the way from like local club for the last like couple of years, you know, to a bigger team, to an elite team. Uh, and now uh, next year, I mean, my long term, my goals for next year will be to finish top 10 in some of the nationals. Uh, and I think that's, I mean, considering I've getting finished about like thirtieth now, I reckon I've got a top twenty in the legs at the moment. Yeah. Uh, if I just dial a few things in, I think a top ten next year is very achievable. Uh, then in the long run, I reckon I reckon I can be on the podium before I leave uni. Really. Got two more years at uni. I said, a, well, I said final year this year. I'm taking a year in industry, and then I'm going back for my masters. But so by the time I kind of start proper work, I reckon I could podium a couple of nationals and that would be a really big goal and if i could chuck in like olympics or world champs into it yeah. that'd be a, that'd be so fantastic mentioning like um 
so same question to you then like would you pause going into work if you had world tour knocking on your door as well or is it something like you're still yeah I mean world tour for me is a different story to world tour for Sano because unfortunately with the females there's a much higher dropout rate okay. uh, I mean if I yeah so that is that is a so for me obviously if, if I had kind of pro Conti world tour I would consider it yeah um, you know again it would have to depend on the pathways it would, and I would have to really look at the team and because yeah. every world tour contract's not the same right yeah. you see a lot of world tour people a lot of people go world tour and they're extremely successful yeah a lot of people go world tour and you don't even hear about them yeah you don't hear about them for two three years next thing you know they quit right so um, but you know at the moment work's priority so I'm working full time at the moment that's my number one priority Uh, when I go back to uni and do my masters that's going to be my number one priority Uh, and I I do think that's the way it should be Uh, so let's twist the question Um, there's a lot of talk in cycling right now especially within women's cycling there's no money uh, especially at the yeah. stage you're in almost um, yeah if the money was there and you're getting I don't know 200 grand to race at the level you are is this what you, you're going on in is, is that what it is is it because um, it's probably more of a discussion for another yeah. time the fact that there is no money in cycling oh yeah hands money. down like yeah. I think so because for me I know a lot of people obviously do it as a career as a woman yeah. but I Personally, I just don't think it would work as like, I, it'd be very hard to have it as like a full-time job. That's why for me, getting my degree is so important to me because I can't really just rely on cycling. And the career is short as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's short career. And for me, I I don't do as well under pressure as Ifran does. <laughs> um, so I just, yeah, I don't know. If being pushed into something like that, I don't know how well I would go. And then, you know, you could... I don't want to be halfway through. You know, I choose a cycling career, go halfway through, I drop it and I have nothing left. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, you, for you me... You could start a podcast on this. <laughs> yeah. For me, yeah, I'm still balancing between um, my work and my education and cycling. And when you're her, you know, she's doing engineering at Cambridge, so you don't, you don't really give that up. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I do think that... Um, I mean, the, typically, and it's... A, bit controversial but I would say there's three kind of like people that go into pro cycling and this is quite controversial but I would say that there's three types of people like who really like you know go on and make it as a career right um the first is the talents you know standout talents like uh, yeah or even just people I've raced against in the UK the Tullet Ben Tullet Lewis Askey Fred Wright the Hater Brothers Uh, you know they're just pure Pidcock yeah they're just pure pure talents and they're like destined to be pro cyclists and they they work hard for it as well you know so I've seen it firsthand. they work really really hard for it so uh, I think the second type is you know if you don't it's kind of like if, if that's all you do if it's like you know if, if it's like oh no no school or whatever which is fair enough you know some and then that's uh, and some people do just pursue it because you know but obviously like I said like it sounds kind of cocky but if you've got like a, if, you, if you've got a good education like if anyone's like listening if you've got a good education just focus on it because the risk reward with pro cycling is, is so high 
high risk, yeah. high reward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, there's 200 so, tour men riders, you know what I mean? Yeah, and there's one, 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 one for every country. Absolutely. If you think yeah. of it like that. So, And the third type is just, if you've got a lot of money, then <laughs> it's, it's kind of, Pursue it, you know it's, it's I mean, a bit yeah. like F1 in that aspect. Like if you've got, if you've got loads of money, like, uh, and you do, and it's fair enough, you know. If you got money, you got money. But uh, that 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 is the other. But yes, yeah, so it's it's not, and it's just so hard because there's. It kind of seems to be that in, there's a lot of money goes towards, especially in Britain, a lot of money goes towards kind of the top top end, like your world tour pros, your kind of like, GB squad. Uh, a I'm lot. I'm sure they're not much money to be honest. The GB squad, but the amount of money that's being put into oh, the GB yeah, cycling yeah, team, yeah, there's yeah, a absolutely. lot of money being yeah, put yeah, yeah, into yeah. the GB cycling team. Yeah. Like the team GB have the nicest bikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have all the best training, all the best coaching, etc., um, etc. Et yeah. And uh, and to be honest, like they give you all the housing, etc. So the salary isn't. Yeah, yeah. It's not too important yes. when yeah, sure. you've got nothing to worry about basically if, if if you're on that kind of at that kind of level. Uh, relatively, I, well, yeah, I can't really, yeah. can't really speak for it, but you know. Uh, then at the other end, like kind of your Boris bikes, your cycle to work scheme, quite a lot of money gets pumped into that, which again is fair enough because uh, that's the majority of the population. You're hitting a much bigger market, but the kind of level we're rating at this kind of regional national level, there's there's nothing there. Like uh, a lot of these like elite level teams. They're 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 constantly on a razor's edge with their budget, and it's um, yeah, it's difficult. You know, it's difficult. You know, like you're trying to work full time, you're trying to put your money into it, trying to put your time into it. It's it is is really really hard. And um, the main thing that keeps the domestic racing scene in the UK alive is just like good hearted people. Yeah, absolutely. Like your commissaires, you know, your volunteers. There's so many of them just like knocking about, even about even like your sponsors. Yeah. Um, yeah, just that, that is, there's a lot of uh, that's kind of what keeps yeah. our kind of racing alive. Absolutely. So, final question for me then: uh, What advice do you have for wannabe racers like myself? Ah, uh, someone well, at the know. bottom, I guess. That's not as talented. Uh, perhaps won't even make it to Cat Two ever. But like, oh, you still you want can to make it to Cat Two. You can make. <laughs> it you haven't seen me race. I think you can you have to stick with it. You have to. Do a lot of races to like a lot of different races to see how different races are raced. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so park completely different. Yeah. Yeah, you get to see a lot of different riders. You know, every race is different. Um, yeah, so you have to get a lot of experience. Also, even just like you know, riding in a bunch stuff like that. Right. That's obviously a big thing. Um, yeah even with training you don't need a coach i would say even if you want to get like a cat too it can definitely help he was self-coached um your coach a coach obviously definitely helps but i think as long as you like ride with other people often race often i think Mm. you can you can move up (laughs) yeah i think i think even like uh like a cat one level is definitely attainable i was the only point in the way like you need need a coach which is like I said earlier, is just when you get to like a really the really top end of racing where you have to really focus everything on a specific race and peak specifically for that race. Uh, but I would say the I say the main things at the kind of like the local level of racing is number one is just consistency. You know, if you consistently, I think a lot of people um, 
they'll you know they'll try too hard they'll burn out or they'll diet too hard and then you know rebound because they don't like how they're living and just consistency just small things in consistency um yeah and i say our i mean our team manager always says poor preparation leads to poor performance and that that's resonated quite well with me throughout the year because a lot of it is not like about just pure willpower it's just like if you prepare 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 you know uh you pay your training you pay your food you prepare what you're going to do the more the more you prepare for the more you'll be ready when it comes to it and that's also going to help with your consistency right but also don't think that you're never going to be ready because i think that used to happen to me at the start of the season i would be like i don't know when i'm gonna do my first race because i don't think i'm ready like i know i've been training in the winter but like i don't think i'm ready for my first race but you kind of just have to jump in i'm talking about even just like more about the small things like say you come home right uh imagine you come home you've already prepared your dinner right then or you you know in the morning you prepare your breakfast the night before you prepare your clothes the night before you prepare your bike the night before right you're much more likely to get your training in you're much more likely to eat right you're much more likely to fuel correctly than someone who kind of just wakes up in the morning everything's everywhere and they're kind of obviously you know you've got your other commitments and so forth but someone who wakes up and everything's everywhere and they kind of think oh nothing's ready how am i going to train you know i'm going to order a takeaway and these small things they matter over time so say it really is just preparation and consistency uh that's the key really I'd, i'd say yeah Put Nutella in your protein shake. Yeah, that's what. That, that's the that's the secret. Nutella sauce, before, yeah. yeah, Nutella before, Nutella after. I'll it works perfectly. <laughs> we had a few uh, listener questions. Yeah. Uh, so we'll quickly run through them. Um, I'm not going to tell you who this one's from. This one's a trick question. Who's your best mate from hometown? He's going to be vexed. Okay. If you, if you to me. To me. Okay, well, I'm gonna. I think it's for you. Well, I'm gonna. <laughs> if you say best mate from hometown, I'm, I'm okay. Well, you know what? I'm gonna just. I'm not gonna give a wishy-washy answer. He's gonna be vexed. If you I'm gonna imp- I'm gonna take a risk. I'm gonna say a name. I'm gonna say it's Kishin. Ah, oh, no. Not one guy. Go- he's gonna be. Chris is gonna be vexed, mate. Oh, oh, he's um school. I thought you meant cycling, mate. Oh, sorry. Oh, and he's sorry, school- Chris. He's yeah. schoolmate. Sorry, Chris. Yeah. But yeah, no. Yeah, it would be. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, thought, I, I thought you meant like train. I thought I assumed oh, it would be a cycling mate. He, yeah. no, he's trying to get his way. He's kind of trying to get out of it now. And then we have two other questions. Oh. So one's from Emily and one's from Asma. And I guess in a sense, you've kind of uh, answered these already, but I'll put it out there and maybe you want to add something. So Emily, Emily says, what has growing up in cycling been like? And then Asma says, how is it being uh, one of very few diverse people in cycling at the top level? Um, so yeah, if you if you want to answer that, I guess in a sense you kind of answered it. Uh, I mean, growing up being ethnic in cycling, for us it's very different because we've been doing it from such a young age, as we said before. Mm. I think if you come into the sport at quite a late age, it's different. Because yeah. um, obviously we've just known everyone for such a long time. Um, we don't notice it as much. But I think growing up in cycling, it's definitely, it's a, definitely a bit weird. It's not, it's definitely a very, I think it's a very different very sport. Do it. Yeah, it's a very it. different sport. Um, obviously, you see people like cycling, commuting to work, but re- you see a race and it's a completely different um, ballpark. But, um, do you still feel, con- so I'm very lucky, I, I commute to work, mm. um, so I'm 
on my bike every day. I'm ra- I started to race, but I don't do it anymore. So I feel like I'm part of the whole cycling community. Almost. Yeah. Do you, as both of you are just full on racers, well, you commute now, uh, but you do, do you still feel part of that same family when you say, like, he's a cyclist, I'm a cyclist, or she's a cyclist, I'm a, or, I or is s- it different? I still kind of do. I mean, you always say hi to every yeah, cyclist yeah, yeah, on the road. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just an unwritten rule. <laughs> I've noticed that in London, you can't say hi to every no, cyclist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it does feel weird because you can't, well, I could be like to my friends, oh, we can go for a bike ride, but none of them will go. <laughs> none of them will go with me. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think we are still all connected. I mean, we still go on group rides. Obviously, yeah. it's usually with the people we race with, yeah. but we'd be up to ride with anyone. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really matter too much. Yeah, I think it's a uh, cycling community, definitely. Like, there is always like, because I guess when you ride a bike, you're vulnerable. When you ride a bike on the road, you're vulnerable. So you I do. saw a crash yesterday coming home. <sighs> Horrific. Yeah. But the person, I didn't see the crash, but the person lying on the floor, police car yeah. there, bus next to the person. You've got to be careful. You've got to look out for yourself. You've got to look out for others as well. Definitely. You've got to help others is, a, is another big thing as well. So, um, yeah, I think, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> What's it like being the only or very yeah. one of very few diverse people coming up? how has it been coming up well, in cycling generally yeah like like we said earlier we haven't really noticed it until now mm. ironically until <laughs> kind of like um, people like yourself and a couple others have, have kind of like yeah. approached us and said hi and I think that's a good thing if anything really because there's there is a community out there clearly and it would be really really cool to kind of you know meet these people speak to them and um you know, provide some sort of insight on what the racing scene's like. The only only thing I think, I don't know if it's just me, but because obviously cycling is a very white sport, and in the girls I am pretty much the only brown girl who's there, I don't know if it sort of helps in a way. You know, with like getting noticed. Okay. But notice in like a good way. Because say you see, um, say I get like, I don't know, like a top 20, but like, I feel, I don't know if I, I don't know if I stand out more. But just because of the only like ethnic one I don't yeah. know if that helps me get noticed a bit mm. more in a good way but in the flip side like imagine 20 girls threw litter on the ground for example they threw the gel yeah. wrappers and they would pick out the brown ones yeah. sometimes yeah. you can you can have that as well I'm, I'm, I'm glad you yeah. haven't had that situation but uh, we've we've had situations where as, like, they've picked on yeah. the coloured person and scapegoat yeah and the skateboard and stuff but it's, it's, it's great to hear you could not yeah I've, I can see that happening but I think in a way not really in a way sort of we've got quite a lot of respect especially for us and um, the same we have for other riders yeah, yeah, yeah. just because like I said we've known each other for so long everyone yeah. kind of has respect for each other so that sort of stuff mm. doesn't happen if you happen. grow up with them so it doesn't yeah. see you yeah exactly yeah, yeah, I would say like don't be afraid to kind of integrate yeah. but then at the same time do what's comfortable for you so obviously um especially with cycling you know some cyclists shave their legs some like just wouldn't do that especially in the muslim community i think i feel like you know it's just kind of uh i I don't think anyone's at the level yet yeah you mentioned before people spending money you're like it doesn't make sense to me it's like i'm not at the level and noise many of my mates who start yeah. shaving they're taking it that seriously yeah right yeah but it's a very cyclist thing as well yeah, it's everyone true. takes it it's seriously true. It's, 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 true. Um, it's true and then I think uh, 
yeah and even just like wearing lycra etc don't feel like you have to but then at the same time like we're a very approachable community so i wouldn't yeah. wouldn't be afraid at all yeah, yeah. um well to be honest london's a bit different because in london no one talks to each other <laughs> it's true it's yes, true because yeah. I, I go yeah. to regent's park and which i've been doing because since i started my work and no one talks yeah no yeah. no right. one says a single word to You're each right. other i go to crits and everyone's like yeah and like looking down and not really interacting um, yeah um, i always find i'm the most chatty one of the crits you know yeah. like i say hi i'm looking for people to talk to but everyone's too serious and it's like yeah cool i'll, I'll be serious as well or pretend to be serious ah uh, chris is just <laughs> fun though i just you know i'd like to take it as a bit of fun chat to yeah. people but uh, yeah i think in london london is different i have yeah. noticed that like kind of as you go more into the countryside uh, it sounds a bit you know stereotypical but I mean like I went to I was living up north for a bit last year on an internship yeah. uh, in Lincoln and all the cyclists I met there at races were lovely yeah, yeah, like yeah. there was a no, there's a noticeable shift so which is a shame I guess yeah. but um, yeah. yeah keep doing what you're doing and maybe you've changed their culture yeah thanks for coming on this has been brilliant thank you thank, thank you for having you us, us.